This episode is brought to you by New Balance. You don't have to be an elite athlete when you pound the pavement. Whether you've run five marathons or you only run when necessary, whether you're chased by bears, zombies, monsters, the apocalypse is coming, but New Balance will have you covered regardless. Whether you need shoes for comfort, stability, or race day speed, they've got you covered because the only right way to run is your way. New Balance, run your way. Visit newbalance.com slash running to learn more. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Hello, everyone listening to this. Welcome to Go My Favorite Sports Team, the only podcast that you're going to need to learn everything you want to know about sports. My name is Mark Blyer. I don't know anything. So if you're looking to learn about sports, you're not going to find it from me, but you will find it from my fellow host, Tyler Cried. Oh, you even said my last name. I, I usually do, I think, anyway. I don't know. But hi, I'm Tyler. I do know sports. I've played sports and done sports and been around sports all my life. Uh, even studied it to get a master's degree. So that's pretty great. Um, so I'm going to teach you the thing. Well, I mean, you know, pretty great is a bold proclamation to make. You don't know if it's pretty great. It could be pretty great, but you know, you don't know. You know, I have the confidence in my own abilities right now that I think it's pretty okay, great. Okay, so long as you believe in yourself, which is all that's important in the world, really. Going through life with confidence will get you very far. Yeah, fake it till you make it. You yeah, I, I, I knew it. You were faking it. I've never seen this master's degree. I don't even know what it, like, I don't even know what the major really is, if it's really a major. Uh, it's pretty pretty major it's uh, it's pretty offered all over the place so yeah it's it's major it's masters mm -hmm, mm -hmm. also i apologize i am currently out filming a movie uh that's my why my recording is just a little bit uh less good as it should be meanwhile i'm actually in the studio so that's why mine sounds the same mm -hmm. so you can determine who's better in that regard probably mark because mm -hmm. he's doing more stuff but you know it's beside the point we're all doing equal amounts of stuff just some stuff is more important <laughs> than others. No, 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 no. That's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. Don't twist my words. That's not what I meant. Fair, fair. Well, we're, we're trying to knock this out real quick so Mark can get back to his movie. Today, we're going to get into the bobsled and skeleton primer because, uh, you know, we talked about luge. You know, there's a big crossover between bobsled and skeleton and how they formed uh, around the same time as luge did. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So get ready for a complete repeat of the previous episode. It's going to be the exact same thing. It's all going down a hill on a sled. That's all it really is. So why, why even worry about it? No, it's a little bit different. It's a little different. It's a little bit different. It's a little different. I thought different. you were gonna. I thought you were gonna go on like, oh, it's so many differences. It's only a little bit different. No, no, no. The history is is a little different. The the actual sport itself is very different. The rules around those and how it's done and the, the equipment and everything distinctly different from everything else. Okay. All right. So. I suppose we should uh, just get into it then. Yeah. I mean, what else do we do? We kind of just like start to talk about the thing whether we intend to talk about. Except for Jacuzzi's. Oh. Um, this this can't be right. There's a Jacuzzi from Embarrassed Skill 2284 that says, Mark, you are a liar. Uh, I want everyone to know that you can't accuse <laughs> me. Uh, Jacuzzing me is against the rules that we have set out since the beginning of uh, this podcast. Um, but I'll, I'll read it anyway because it was just a mistake. Uh, so everyone can laugh and see how wrong it is. Um, you are just hiding the fact that you have had the thoughts of how many points you would get for hitting people with your car. <laughs> of course, you would never hit someone with your car maliciously, but you know the thought has crept up in your mind at least once. There's no proof of this, and we want our jacuzzis to come in here with hard-hitting facts. Uh, everyone, please rip this jacuzzi apart. There's no reason for these ghosts to be haunting us. Like, don't you agree, Tyler? This is ridiculous. It's jacuzzis about you. I mean, I mean, you're you're accurate in. In the sense that uh there's no proof they can't prove that you 
did do this in the past when you say you mm-hmm. didn't. So, you know, unless somebody comes out like your brother or maybe your mom or somebody that's been around you a long time and heard it discussed in the car when you were driving or not driving, then, um, yeah, they got nothing. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, <clears throat> definitely uh, no proof there. Uh, there's another jacuzzi here. But, oh, actually, this is um, this is a weird day. <laughs> it's another jacuzzi about me. I don't know what the deal is here. <laughs> oh. Uh, from Guy Zabo. Uh, the skateboard ollie doesn't break physics. Mark, I don't know what kind of engineering you learned. Uh, just everyone, so everyone listening at home knows it's not about me. <laughs> jacuzzi <laughs> is a very sacred <laughs> task meant to criticize. Tyler here for his uh, misnomers and uh, ill preparations. Uh, Don't know what kind of engineering you learned, so I won't assume you know it because it's more complicated than basic physics. And I don't believe every kind of engineer learns it at the first year. I took four years of engineering. (laughs) I I worked a job where I applied my engineering knowledge. I I know much about physics. Uh, the skateboard can be launched in the air because when the human jumps, he creates a force larger than his own weight on the board, which is countered by the normal force. I don't think that there's okay. There's drawings. Wow. Um, <laughs> with actual equations here. Uh, well, this is just scribble nonsense. These ghosts, they don't know where it's like when you're dreaming, it's hard to read, you know, words don't really come out too good. This is. This is a bunch of nonsense. Oh, assuming there's no friction with air. Well, we can't take anything that they're saying at face value. They're not even assuming friction exists. This is this is ridiculous. This yeah, is ridiculous. Yeah, air molecules definitely slow you down. It's called drag. That's why yeah. cars are designed the way that they are, you know? I know, right? Yeah, no, this is fine. Okay, all right. Well, there's some old good... Proof here. <laughs> let's let's get the jacuzzes back to what really made them special about Tyler. All right, okay. Oh, I got another jacuzzi here from Glocknado saying, I know I'm late on this, but Tyler has been given more than enough time to make up for the travesty that is the hockey primer. Ha <laughs> ha! Remember that? Yeah, yeah, that was uh that was great. You know, the the whole hockey community decided to uh come out of the woodwork and be like, Whoa, that that you gave more due to all the other sports. Yeah, see, ha that's what jacuses are all about. Not me, everybody, not me. So when you go to the subreddit, you know, reddit.com slash r slash gmfst, uh make sure you tag your jacuses and uh, make them about Tyler, not me. Yeah. You know, my feelings are fragile. So, I mean, I, not that these hurt my feelings. My feelings are very strong. I, it's not about my feelings. It's about Tyler and his feelings, which are strong willed. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right. And that wraps up the jacuzzis. There's just a few more misnomers about me here. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is brought to you by New Balance. You don't have to be an elite athlete when you pound the pavement. Whether you've run five marathons or you only run when necessary, whether you're chased by bears, zombies, monsters, the apocalypse is coming. But New Balance will have you covered regardless. Whether you need shoes for comfort, stability, or race day speed, they've got you covered. Because the only right way to run is your way. New Balance. Run your way. Visit newbalance.com running to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. You know, all those subscription websites, they just hide those charges from you. They're hidden and repetitive and you forget about them. Oh, I know exactly which websites you're talking about. The ones that you like to go to. You do? I've literally spent so long digging through my finances. Rocket Money can help cancel your subscriptions. You're saying Rocket Money is a personal finance app that helps and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so you can grow grow your savings? Absolutely, yes. With Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses? Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lower bills for me? Up to 20%? Maybe. But for our listeners, definitely yes. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash sportsteam. That's R-O-C-K-E-T-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash S-P-O-R-T-S-T-E-A-M. That's rocketmoney.com slash sports team all right well let's get into sledding particularly bobsled and skeleton okay mark what do you know about bobsled and skeleton um i know that there was a movie about bobsledding 
from the Jamaican team. Yes, that. Yeah. I definitely knew the name of it. <laughs> um, so they were the Jamaica's first bobsledding team. And, you know, uh, you wouldn't think that bobsledding in Jamaica would be a very uh, prominent thing. And in fact, it, it kind of wasn't. Um, well, I don't really remember all the plot points of the movie, but it was kind of like a, they had to for some reason or something like that. Like they were not allowed to do whatever they else they were going to do. And then they got a bobsled and then they sledded. Nice. Good recap of Cool Runnings, the movie. That was mm -hmm. beautiful. That was beautiful. pretty much all it was. All right. Well, have you ever imagined being inside a bullet? <laughs> You know, just going as fast as you possibly could go. Uh, no, I, I have not. I mean, most of us who have flown, there are some lower velocity bullets, I suppose. You know, it would be roughly equivalent to, you know, usually planes fly like 500 miles an hour or so. They're assuming friction, you know, um, unlike some people. <laughs> anyway, uh, no, I have not imagined that. Well, that's kind of how steering a bobsled feels. I don't think you steer a bullet. No, no, but it. Where would you put the steering wheel? In the front. Well, you got to have like a, a, a manipulatable fin, uh, you know, you know, for all that air, you you're know, right, the friction you're right. in the air well, that a lot of people forget about, you know. Well, a bobsled isn't a bullet, but it's it's kind of, it's just the, how fast you go anyway. Um, <laughs> bobsledding <laughs> is also called bobsleighing, the sport of sliding down an ice-covered natural or artificial incline on a forerunner sled. Um, and mm. that, that sled is called a bobsled or a bobsleigh or a bob. Um, like a one horse open sleigh. Yeah, but it's a bobsleigh. It's a, it's, it's a yeah, little different. Yeah. Anyway, it can carry two or four people. And recently now, also single person bobsledding came into existence. This past Winter Games was the first year of single person bobsledding. Um, and it was only uh, in the women's category to allow more women to be able to compete in the event because it's just easier to get one person instead of coordinating a team. You need more people to make a team, obviously. Okay. But apparently bobsleigh is also known as Formula One on ice. So super fast. Ah, interesting. So they got engines in them. No, no engines. The engines you are the people's You can put an feet. engine in a bullet, can you? You probably could. If you're going to put steering wheel... And an engine and a bullet. You're making a plane. You're right. You're right. Can't can't deny that. Yeah. See, I got him, guys. I got him. <laughs> Cornered. No. I'm. What? <laughs> Carry on. Move on. What's up? All right. Act one. Okay. The shared history. I know what it is. You. They. It was the Romans, right? The people were sled down on their shields, and then they would attack, but they lost. I do remember that. They lost that fight. No. But maybe, maybe it was the Romans that were like, hey, that looked like fun. And because they got bigger shields, they got the big tower shields, they were like, we can do it better. And also, they're all dead. And we don't want their dumb shields. So then they took the bigger ones, and that's how bobsledding started. Well, that's how sledding started. That's why that that's Luge's history. So Luge actually dates back further historically than bobsledding. Bobsledding mm. developed in the 1880s, both in the lumbering towns of upstate New York and the ski resorts of the Swiss Alps. Again, Casper Barut. Who? Casper uh, Barut. Who? Casper Barut. Casper Barut. He's marked as the innovator who led to the luge. You know, you know, he innovated those summer resorts for the oh, aristocrats. Yeah, I remember that guy. Yep. Yeah. I'm yeah, good with so, names. Because he sold the idea of winter resorting. This is why the invention of the luge and skeleton and bobsled came into existence. Okay. Well, that sounds promising. Which skeleton is just luge on your belly, by the way. Okay. All right. So tourists, when they weren't skiing, were adapting delivery boy sleds and toboggans, and eventually these evolved into bobsleds, luges, and skeletons. Mm -hmm. It's possible that some of the sledding innovations led to bobsled, luge, and skeleton came from kick sleds. What's a kick sled? In Scandinavian languages is a small sled that consists of a chair mounted on a set of flexible metal runners that are double in length of the chair. So it's a chair that you, you just kick back on? I thought it was like like a skateboard for the snow. Well, I guess that's a snowboard. <clears throat> Never mind. I'll <laughs> shut up. No, it's designed more like a wheelchair where one person is pushing and they're kicking while pushing the other person in the chair. Have you ever seen someone put a lawn chair on a one wheel? I have not. It works. 
Really? Like it's self-balancing. So you can just sit down on a one-wheel front and back and you kind of can learn how to like lean forward and lean to the side and it still kind of moves. Oh. I've never done it, but I've seen videos of it and it looked very cool. Is it like that? Um, uh, Sure. We're going to say sure. <laughs> <laughs> Except it's on skis uh, and not okay. motorized. Uh-huh. Well, the bullets are motorized, but this chair isn't. We can pop a motor on that bad boy. We don't need someone kicking. We just need someone to do kick flips after we put like a like a V8 on this thing. <laughs> sure, sure. You know, you just revving that engine and just that's a snowmobile. Wait a second, Mark, you're just making a <laughs> snowmobile. Oh, I think you're right about that. Well, then why? Th this is just the history. No, we're back in ancient times. They didn't have the technology to make a snowmobile. This is how it started with Casper <laughs> Van Diem. What, what was his name? Casper <laughs> Badroot. Casper Badroot. Casper <laughs> Badroot. Anyway, the first kick slots were used in Sweden around 1870 and were made of pure hardwood. Uh, including the runners, which made them very heavy. But they took th these sleds that they created down the picturesque mountains, and like I said in the luge primer, they went onto the roads and walkways. Great. The way it really started to differentiate into bobsled was when people added a steering wheel to a normal sled. So they are putting steering on it. Correct. That's what differentiates a bobsled in particular, besides the enclosed From body. From a bullet. And from illusion, a skeleton sled. Oh, okay. All right. Well, there you go then. Okay. So they wanted to be able to control it, basically. They were like, those idiots doing this weird head first, toe first, kind of two people laying on each other <laughs> kind of weird thing. They were like, ah, I'm good. I just want to cram in a bobsled with four of my bros or three <laughs> of my bros or broettes. And I just want to like get real nuts to butts. And But I want to be able to steer. Yeah. That's what they were thinking. Those idiots. They figured by adding a steering wheel, they could hit more pedestrians. <laughs> they could. Oh, really? Was that the objective? <laughs> no, but I, that's. Were they firing bullets out the it. side that were self-guided? <laughs> now you're describing drive-by bobsledding. Drive-by bobsledding. It must have happened at some point. You know those uh, snow uh, the Yeti gangs that come down in their bobsleds and are are taking out the uh, the other the the human the gangs. Yeti mafia. You think <laughs> yeah. they come down in suits, ties, and fedoras? And like, you really think that's realistic? You and your frictionless bullets with wings and. <laughs> steering wheels and V8 <laughs> engines. This primer is getting ridiculous. No, anyway, but the sport actually earned its name when competitors adopted a technique of bobbing back and forth, believing that it increased the speed of the sled because they were moving the weight of the sled onto one of its uh, runners, one of its like skis, its skates, um, mm. which later obviously was found to be untrue, but the name mm. stuck and it was forever known as bobsled. Interesting, yeah. I mean, that does make sense. It does feel like you go like, we will push, but then you, you don't realize the physics of the situation and you're kind of like an internal system. They're going to externally activate. The funniest thing is I actually, when I was thinking of it was like, oh, I wonder if they would have named it bobsled if like the first real team to do it, all of the people were named Bob. No, I think that'd be, it'd be like collecting the infinity stones. You got the infinity bobs in a bobsled, you know, just kind of, it wouldn't work out that way. You know, snap half of people out of existence. It's just too much power. <laughs> too many bobs in one place. Can you imagine four bobs, the our bob in a bobsled together? No, it'd break the universe. Oh, four bob fridges, four bobs freezers, four bobs experiences of the hospital with this child's birth. It would break the universe. You're right. Mm, exactly. So, the first bobsleds were built in the late 19th century in St. Moritz, Switzerland by wealthy tourists from Victorian Britain who were staying at the Palace Hotel owned by Casper Badrut. Um, they were mostly made of wood. Steel runners were adopted within a few years, and by the mid-20th century, steel and aluminum were used throughout. Until the 1950s, most bobsledders were big, brawny, and there was no such thing as training for bobsled. They simply just <laughs> rented a sled and just started it out and just like, all right, we're going. Uh-huh, okay. So it was like everyone's first time skiing, you know? You don't have to take the class. You don't have to go on the bunny slopes, you know? It just said there were no bunny bobsleds. Yep, and competitors simply bought or rented a sled and started out as a rider and then eventually took the wheel after a few runs. They're like, I can drive this thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a system of trust, you know. When you got that many bobs up on the mountain, you know, you can really rely on each other. 
And then in 1952, there was a critical rule change limiting the total weight of the crew and sled, which ended the era of extreme heavyweight bobsledders. Where extreme? Oh, I love that. That's such a tragedy. But I imagine it's for like the safety of things because more weight has more uh, momentum and inertia and it's like those corners could go... A little catastrophic. Yeah, and they did more damage to the pedestrians and the roads and the streets that they were driving down. Mm. As a result, more athletic teams kept up with the changes in sleds and tracks, and so you got leaner and faster teams that started out instead of the big heavyweights of bobsled. Okay. Originally, the tracks were natural tracks with no refrigeration, just like luge, and the first bobsled tracks were simply straight. There was no turns. But obviously, now modern sled... Boring! <laughs> Well, obviously, was there at least a jump at the end? Well, I mean, probably not. I think that would have been scary back then. Mm. Oh, yeah, well, it was still kind of scary now, but anyway. <laughs> um, modern tracks now are made of concrete and covered with ice. Mm -hmm. And so twists and turns were added over the years, and the bobsled has changed materials and weight many times, uh, mm -hmm. as the original bobsleds were mostly wooden and have now changed to fiberglass and metal with more aerodynamic frames to increase the speed. Okay. Apparently, there were five and six-man versions used in competition prior to the 1930s, mm -hmm. but obviously that changed. And so, bobsled. Why don't they just link up like multiple bobsleds with four people in them? So it's like a bob train, and then it's like if if a horrible crash occurs, like it's just going to be like this twenty bob pileup, like jammed <laughs> up in the center there. I think that's what the song "Bob Bob 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 a Ram" is. Um, it's just the other bobsled boo! hitting the back of the other one. Boo! Boo! <laughs> wow. Terrible! Boo! <laughs> no, it's great! Boo! So, uh, apparently, bobsled started as a four-man event at the first Winter Olympics. So, it was actually in the first Winter Olympics, unlike Luge. Um, the two-man event was introduced later at the 1932 Olympic Games, and just recently in the 2022 Winter Olympic Games was the single bobsled debut. So women have always been involved in bobsledding since its creation, but were not allowed to participate in the two-person bobsled competition until the 2002 Winter Olympic Games. However, women's bobsled competition started in March 1983, and there were women's demonstration races during the Bobsled World Cup, mm -hmm. which I believe happened later that year or early the following year. I can't remember the exact date. Into Skeleton's history. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Skeleton. <laughs> skeleton has a complex rise to prominence as a winter sport, with its early forms varying greatly from the Winter Olympic sport we know today. Mm -hmm. Believe it or not, the practice of skeleton sledding began in the late 1800s at a time when other forms of transportation over snowy mountainous regions such as skiing were unknown in Central Europe. Unknown? Yeah, they just, the word hadn't spread. Oh, I see. Okay. So everyone, all they knew were sleighs and sleds and toboggans. Exactly. And so in 1882... And bobsleds, apparently. Well, this happened around the same time. But in 1882, oh, okay. the earliest form of skeleton was invented by English soldiers stationed in Switzerland, and they created a long toboggan track that was just straight that stretched the distance between the Swiss towns of Davos and Klosters, using it for transportation, simply for them to get to one place to another. They would sled down the hill. Mm -hmm. I can't, I don't believe this. Here's why. I'm going to tell you why. There's no way that someone didn't just go down a hill face first, because that's the only difference between like luge and skeleton, right? Yeah, that's the skeleton is going down face first. That's yeah. There's no way one of those soldiers that were attacking the Romans, you know, all of them were going legs first on their butt, and this guy was like, "I'm gonna be fancy about it," and he goes face first, and he gets so much more speed. So therefore, he was the first, and it was not luge; it was skeleton. I believe that it could happen, but there's no historical reference to it in any research that I could find. We don't need history; we make the history. You're making all this up, right? No. I thought you were making it up. No, I've it's not too ridiculous. No, I've never made any of it up. Oh, yeah. Casper Van Diem made the first luge. We all know it. And the bobsled. Yeah, right. All right. All right. I need to continue, Mark. <laughs> oh, sure you do. Okay. With his lies. The source of the name for skeleton is often debated, as some speculate it comes it's from- It's because of bones. <laughs> no. It's some... named after the bones that <laughs> pop out when you hit the wall. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the wall at the bottom. 
Some believe it comes from the skeleton-like appearance of the original sleds because they are very bare. Uh, boo. Well, <laughs> others incorrectly uh, angelicalized the version of the Norwegian word for toboggan, skelka, mm. or shelka is what it was. Mm. But it's spelled K-J-E-L-K-E. I put the pronunciation no. oh, on the no. side, so I hope no. it's pronounced right. <laughs> no, I'm going to tell you guys the truth at home. What happened is that soldier that invented the skeleton way before the luge was even going to hit the bottom where the soldiers were, he ran off this sick jump, went headfirst into a tree, uh, and then his skeleton just shot straight through the tree and showered over the Romans, demoralizing them, allowing his fellow compatriots who were slowly luging their way down uh, to then... Well, I guess lose the battle. They died. But maybe not. Some say his skeletons are still sailing oh through the God. air to this day. <laughs> Just missiles of skeletons. <laughs> On quiet winter Olympic nights, if you hold your ear out the window, no! you can sometimes hear the bones no! whistling through the sky. They're coming for me! <laughs> it's all true. 100%. Eventually... Instead of just transportation, it became recreational. And while the Cresta Run is often considered to be the birthplace of modern-day skeleton and acted as the course for skeleton events in 1928 and 1948 Winter Olympics, uh, Cresta riding is noticeably different from modern-day skeleton. Cresta riding apparently required significant movement on the toboggan in order to navigate the track. Movement includes moving their position back and forth on the toboggan and actively pushing the toboggan with your hands in order to maneuver through the shuttlecock and the thoma. Don't get your shuttlecock anywhere near my thoma. <laughs> what are you talking about? That was a family-friendly podcast. <laughs> we are. We are. This is simply uh, sledding terms. Right. So what you're saying is that they were bobbing back and forth. That's the bobsled. No, you just said now that they would bob back and forth. I said moving their positions back and forwards. I know. It's a synonym. Bobbing is moving back and forth in a certain motion. That's, that, that was the bobsled, not the skeleton. Yeah, but why wouldn't they call this the bobsled? See how your story falls apart? Nope. Um, to scrutiny? Modern skeleton requires <laughs> much less movement on the toboggan, and the sleds were, generally speaking, more flexible and sensitive to those than the crested toboggans. All right, fine. The crested toboggans were longer and more prominent knives on the back of the runners, while their modern-day skeleton counterparts are shorter. This is in order to achieve greater grip, as unlike in modern skeleton, which takes place on bobsled runs, or are known as bob runs, ah. one can exit the Cresta run at numerous points if they're going too fast and are out of control. But you can't do that on bobsled runs. Mm, okay. All right. So, modern competitive sledding started in 1883 in Davos with the Australian student named George Robertson, who won what is reputed to be the world's first international sled race. We talked about this in the luge primer, but I found who won where he outraced 19 other competitors from England, Germany, Netherlands, Sweden, Switzerland, and the U.S. on the four-kilometer stretch of road between St. Wolfgang to the town of Klosters. Mm -hmm. Soon after, bobsled, luge, and skeleton were developed in succession. Hotel operators Casper Bedroot took notice of the race, and he organized creating the Crestor Run, which was the first purposeful run built for the fledgling sport. Mm-hmm. So he, this Casper Van Diem, single-handedly made three Winter Olympic sports at the same time. He didn't. He created the hotels where people came and then made the sport. Uh, so he, he opened the opportunity for these sports to become into existence. Okay. Is he part of the Yeti Mafia? Because this guy sounds like he's got his hands in a lot of mountains. Probably. I could believe it. Okay. We all will believe that. Everyone at home, you must believe that by law. All right, well, that's legally binding. Enjoy that. <laughs> Everyone knows. All right, good. Great. The first formal comp competition for luge was in 1883 and bobsleds in 1884. In the 1926 International Olympic Committee declared bobsled and skeleton as the Winter Olympic sports. So bobsled and skeleton were winter sports first in the Olympics. Mm -hmm. Okay. And bobsled appeared and been in contests since the very first Winter Olympics in 1924 in Chamonix, France, making it the first Olympic sled race. All right. Although luge-style sledding dates back further in history. Okay. 
Gotcha. Luge replaced Skeleton in the Olympics in 1954. Mm-hmm. Then that's when Luge joined the Olympics. And Skeleton had been a sport at the 1928 and 1948 Winter Olympics, the two times that the Winter Games were held in St. Maurice, Switzerland. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until 2002 that Skeleton itself was added permanently to the Olympic program in Salt Lake City, Utah's Winter Olympics. Okay, so it's very recent that this was like an official Olympic sport after being yes. taken out before. Um, why? Because the judges were like, ah, it's just your flippy floppy. It's the same thing. You're just going heady firsty when you could go leggy firsty and less people die on national TV. Well, apparently luge was actually more dangerous and faster, according to some of the sources that I said, but I don't necessarily believe that. All right. Then the, I take first. back what I said about that. Ooh, we do feedy firsty because data says more people <laughs> die. <laughs> so everyone gets their money's worth. That's what we want. I think it was because in 1970, a new form of skeleton sled was created, improving upon the original design. This new design, the bobsleigh skeleton, was intended for use on bobsleigh tracks and thus made it more appealing because they joined the bobsled tracks officially because making a track for all these different sports was too difficult. So that's why they started sharing the bobsled tracks. So when the skeleton sled was created to be able to use on that, it obviously made it more appealing for them to re-add it to the Olympics. I see. So it's just a matter of... Uh, what, uh, it can't be safety or ease of use or convenience. There has to be an ulterior motive here. The no. Yeti Mafia is in on this, and I know it, and I'll find it. It's just speed in advance. No, no, no. For the Yetis, they want more speed. It's all coming together. Well, act two! Oh, uh, wow. It's time to Bob. Time. What? Time to Bob! Uh, what, am I supposed to do something here? Is this like... <laughs> All right, baby something? Mark. What? Baby Mark. I'm sorry? <laughs> Bob Slay's coming either two-person or four-person models. But you gotta baby build Mark's your currently, Bob. Baby Mark currently working on the luge. It's like... He's over there. Oh, forget about it. The bobsled was in the Olympics first. I spent so much time working my baby hands to my baby bones on this luge, and now you want me to make a bobsled? Yep. Modern day sleighs combine light metals, steel runners, and an aerodynamic composite body made of fiberglass or carbon fiber, or a mixture of both. Fiberglass bad for baby lungs. (laughs) Well... You better be ready with, to work with a variety of materials, baby Mark, and wear the special protective equipment you need to make these things safely. Uh, I don't know if they make them in baby sizes. They do now. All right. <laughs> these sleds are designed to be as light as possible to allow dynamic positioning of mass through turns of the course. Uh, why are you saying it like that? Oh, anyway, there, there's a metal chassis. Uh, that everything is built around. The chassis allows you to attach the handles for the starting push, Uh foot pegs to maintain your positioning in the sled so you don't get bunched up and slam your crotch against the butt of the guy in front of you. I wouldn't want that. I'm a baby. I get crammed into the front. You got brakes that are only used after you cross the finish line and a steering mechanism in front which guide the sled in the direction the pilot and driver wants to go because those front runners move with the steering wheel. So I'm literally not allowed to touch the brake until it crosses the finish line? That is legitimately a rule in bobsled, yes. Fascinating, but also I'm a baby and I can't see over the top lip. So what's well, uh, fine. All right. You know, you'll just memorize it. You watch the videos and memorize it just like they did in cool runnings. Okay. Did they? I don't remember. Yep. I don't think I was a part of the movie. Anyway, all I know I'm a baby. <laughs> yes. Well, world-class bobsleigh requires hours of research and development can cost anywhere between 30,000 and a hundred thousand dollars. I'm a, I don't have money. No, I, you're I, a baby. I, I don't it's baby Mark. He's rich. Wow, baby He's, Mark was baby not Mark, rich. Baby Mark was so rich, he he would go and uh, sit outside in the comfort of the snow and look into the other people's TVs so he could watch TV and feel like he was a part of something else greater than himself Sounds because like he got to be poor. in nature. <laughs> what do you mean? Rich. That was so rich. <laughs> rich in a, life. I thought you were going to say like I had all my winter clothes made and stuffed with money. No. Solid gold snowshoes. All right, so there's there's a single person bobsled. All right, it's mm. cheaper. You know, it's yeah. it's not as big, but, but it's all oh, it's a women's only event. Oh, uh, yep. Okay. So a minimum of 162 kilograms, 357 pounds without the athlete, but with the athlete and it, the equipment and ballast weights, 
you can only be a maximum of 247 kilograms or 545 pounds. As I'm a baby. I maybe I, I was born 10 pounds, three ounces, so I don't think I put on much more than that. There you go. You're nice and light. You'll fit in. You can make your sled really heavy. You did say it was a women's only event too, but this true. 2.3 meters in length is the limitations for the uh, the single person bobsled. Okay. Here's the two man sled. Uh, two person sled. Uh, 8.85 feet or 2.7 meters long and 26 inches or 67 centimeters tall. All right. Okay. Minimum weight excluding the crew is 170 kilograms, about 375 pounds. And the max weight including the crew is 390 kilograms, about 860 pounds. If I'm under the weight, because, you know, I'm a baby. Uh, can I bring like dumbbells and put them in the front? Yes, you can have ballast weights to increase the weight of your sled as necessary. Okay, I might need like all of them because, uh, like I've said before, I'm a baby. It's fine. It's fine. You you shake your head no, but you're saying yes. Like I don't think it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And how'd you know I was shaking my head? You can't see me right now. <laughs> uh, it's I thought you know I just felt it. I felt it. <laughs> now you have your four men sled. Which is twelve point two two feet or three point eight meters long and twenty three men and a baby. Twenty six great TV show, but twenty six inches know. tall. This event is men's only. The minimum weight, excluding the crew, is two hundred and ten kilograms, four hundred and sixty three pounds, with the max weight of six hundred and thirty kilograms with the crew, or thirteen hundred and eighty nine pounds. Again, still don't think that's gonna be an issue. All right. Parts. You need your steel frame. So get your blacksmith right. stools out. I don't have one. It's in the shed. You got like you got a blacksmith like high chair, a blacksmith, <laughs> a blacksmith high chair. You got a blacksmith high chair? Yes, I do. Okay, you got a blacksmith baby bottle. I got everything you need. That All blacksmith right. baby bottle is made out of pure iron. Oh, good. It's It'll good for your strong. blood. <laughs> Wait, no. So it needs to have a steel frame because of the high speed race speeds may exceed 120 kilometers per hour, or 75 miles per hour. I don't think speed's good for my blood. Oh, it's great for your blood. It helps circulation. Well, all right. I'm a baby. I'll believe you. <laughs> Some curves can subject- circulate somewhere. <laughs> baby blood's going to be circulating all over the track. Especially when you experience as much as five G's through some of the turns. Oh, wow. How many G's could a baby endure? <laughs> a lot. I don't think that's true. <laughs> but anyway, the steel frame allows to attach key parts. You got the hole, which made it to the fiberglass for lightweight, closed in the front for aerodynamics, but open in the back so you can pile in with your friends. <laughs> <laughs> the third part is your runner. <laughs> the front runners are movable so they can steer, so you can turn. They're made of uh-huh. solid steel with no plating or coating allowed. You can't coat them. Uh, just just okay. steel. And right. uh, it is not permitted to warm up the runners just like luge. You can't warm them up so that you can melt the ice faster and make it so you go faster on the slick water that you're hovering on. Okay. The Celsius of the reference runner, which is exposed to the open air for one hour before the start of competition, is set aside at the top by the starting block, and they, they test the heat of the your runners. Wait. So they make baby me stand out in the cold for an hour before getting no, in the no, sled? No, they don't test you. These are the runners, not the athletes. Oh, The runners okay. are like the little skis underneath. <laughs> just says, where's baby Marcus? He's like, is that you? Just an icicle. No. So bobsleds have four runners, two in the front and two in the back. The rear ones are fixed. The front ones steer. Mm. But prior to the race, if you want to wish and wipe <laughs> your runners to do well, you wipe them I down. I don't think wishes are going to get baby Mark <laughs> through this alive. So I don't know what wishing's going to do. <laughs> they must use all official cleaning solution that all teams share. If you want to clean wipe them the down. blood after I <laughs> yeah. get to the bottom, yeah, What's that's that for? perfect. It's for the runners. Oh. If you want to clean them off to get rid of the impurities, okay. mm. maybe snow stuck to them or there's ice pieces. Okay. All right. The steering mechanism is usually uh, a pulling on two pieces of rope. These uh, these ropes. This is so you keep the weight low. You know, it's this is your steering wheel instead of a steering wheel. It's rope. Uh, I'll treat it like my umbilical cord when I was in the womb and just tuck <laughs> down into the bottom. Exactly. <laughs> These these ropes are attached to your steering bolt that turns the front frame of the bobsled, allowing your skis to turn their directions. Okay. Pulling on the rope with your right hand will steer the sled to the right, while pulling on the rope with your left hand will steer the sled to the left. Oh, that at least that makes sense. Nothing has made sense so far. At least that makes sense. All right, you got push bars that fold in and out on the outside of the sled. 
Uh, they must fold in a way. This is for aerodynamics and to prevent carving into the ice as you go through fast turns. Okay. So this is for the driver and crewmen. If two person, this is only for the driver, the ones that fold away. Because in two person, there's also the fixed rear push bars for the brake man. Or only those for the monobob, which is where one person goes. Mm. Brakes. You got jagged metal brake triggers that dig into the ice in order to provide stopping power that are only used after crossing the finish. You use them before okay. that, you're fired. You're kicked off the track. You're disqualified. You're fired? Yep. Because you destroyed well, the track. I didn't know I had a job. <laughs> well, this is your job. You're an official bobsledder. Okay. All right. Feel like maybe the judges might have wanted to double check this application. Nope. So in, in bobsled, you got your driver and your brake man. That's two person. In uh, four person, you got your driver, crew man, crew man, and brake man. All right. Okay. Who's, what's baby doing? Uh, baby, you're in the front. Steering? Yep. Again, I would like to raise objections to this. Nope. I can't see. Nope. You, you'll look. All right. You'll look through the front. We'll, we'll just make a glass cover. Anyway, you need to gear up. Gear. <laughs> now that your sled's done, you need your race suit. Okay. It's pretty much the same as the luge one. It's made of lycra. You just don't have spiky gloves this time. All right. Why not? Just because you're not going to touch the ice with your hands. Why not? I think I went. Babies fall a lot, and also when baby is spinning, cartwheeling through the air, you know, I might want to grab onto something. Nah, nah. You just you just slide. It's made of lycra. It's light, warm, unrestricting, and tight fitting. So you're you're real cozy. It's like a onesie. Everything a baby needs. Yep. The material and design of the suit aid aerodynamics and prevent athletes from getting their clothing caught in any part of the bobsled when loading at high speed. Now you need your helmet. It's basically oh, the same as a I was motorbike. I, I'm an idiot. I was thinking by design. I was like, how would the picture on it make it go any faster? <laughs> you mean the fire, man. Don't you know if you put right. flames on anything and you go faster? Oh, right. <laughs> it's like a works from Warhammer. If you paint it red, it's going to go faster. That's yep. just the rules. That's exactly the rules, you know? Okay. All right. I get you. All right. You got your helmet. Basically a standard motorbike helmet. Must be worn regardless of where you are in the bobsled. But not all athletes are required a face visor. Only you, baby Mark, who's the driver, requires the face visor. Okay, so I got an entire face visor. Like, it's kind of those bulletproof masks that are just over your face. Yep, it's just fully clear so you can see through. Yep. Okay. Your shoes. You got ice spiked shoes now instead of ice spiked gloves. Oh. I get tiny baby spike shoes. Yeah. Ooh, bitty ones. And the reason for that is they're essential for gripping the ice in the running slash push start of bobsledding. Okay, wait, hold on. Baby's running? Yep. Baby, running. Yep, and pushing a heavy sled. A baby. Okay, all that aside of the pushing, the steering, I kind of like took for granted, but I'd be like... I don't know how many running babies you've seen. I don't know how many in the Summer Olympics you've seen babies running the 200-meter hurdles. I haven't seen too many. I don't know about that one. Well, um, these spikes are a unique piece of equipment to bobsled and skeleton, which are designed on a similar basis to a sprint spike. So, you know, they, you're going to learn to sprint. You're going to learn to do it on ice. All right. It's going to be a situation where all the three other guys are like, let's go, let's go. Some, 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 and then they're going to hop in and they're going to feel a little bump when they go over. They're like the <laughs> chunk. Oh, huh, what was that? <laughs> all right, baby Mark, let's do this thing. Baby Mark. Oh, you're fine. You're a baby. You can, you can survive falling out of trees and all kinds of stuff. Cause you don't yeah, tense you can up. Survive going under a bobsled. That's fine. <laughs> exactly. That's it's all I made of steel, 800 pounds. Babies are not fragile. They're strong. Right. Me anyway, my, me as baby. Subtle announcement. Babies are very fragile. Don't shake the baby. Uh, that's a good disclaimer. I feel like that's <laughs> pertinent information. <laughs> anyway, your spikes feature over 400 needle spikes rather than the traditional six or nine on 400 their spikes on my tiny baby shoes. That's right. Ho oh. ho. And they're brush spikes. So they're designed more like a brush, like a comb brush that you put through your hair and under the front part of the Don't foot. Don't you tell me what to do with my brushes. Okay. How dare you assume? You're right. You know, you use your brush for whatever purpose you enjoy most. I will. All right. Now you find your course. Luckily, we're at one, but uh, there are only um, 17 total bobsled illusion skeleton tracks around the world. So um, have fun with 17. that. 17. That's it. That's it. Damn. All right. Race time. Oh, God. I haven't <laughs> trained. We haven't done a practice run. Nope. Hey, this is your practice run. You're starting. All right. Uh -uh. In order to start. Athletes push the sled as fast as they can over a distance of 65 meters from a standing start. So you you, you got your handles folded out. You're you're holding one of them on your team, and you start pushing, and you start running, and getting up to speed. All right? 
Okay. All right. But the clock doesn't start until the crew hits the 15 meter mark. So once you cross 15 meters, you're just, that's when the clock starts. All right. And then there's a split time for the first 50 meters, which is till the 65 meters is over. It's after the 15 meter mark until the 65 meter mark. Okay. But am I supposed to count them? No. I I I gotta like raise my baby arm when it's like, go 15. I gotta stopwatch. Okay. But getting a fast start is crucial to your chances, which is why the cool runnings was great because they were all sprinters. They were world-class Olympic level sprinters mm. that were able to get one, some of the fastest starts in bobsled because, you know, you got to be fast with your legs and powerful. Mm. As a general rule, though, one-tenth of a second during the start equates to three-tenths of a second over the full course. So you got to be fast. Wow. Okay. So you grab your handles and you rock back and forth before you start. Okay. And then you go. And the pilot is the first one to load in at the end of the start. So you're, you're climbing in first and then, then people climb in after you. So... So in the four-man, the the pilot, the front guy, climbs in. Then the two side pushers, the other two side pushers, climb in one after the other. And then finally, the last person, the brake man, who's been pushing from the very back of the sled, he climbs in last, you know, because <sighs> you got you to gotta straddle into each other. Does everyone have to be in before you cross the start? Yep. Okay. And then right, the, Can one of them pick me up and put me down in there? I don't see a rule against it. All right. Okay. Baby Mark's going to live through this one, guys. <laughs> Now, I once, know that was a big stressor. Once you're loaded in, you got to close those side handles that you're using to push the sled. You know, uh, that's when you close them. Uh, but only after okay. you're inside the sled because okay, the, it's just more efficient. Okay. All right, now it's your part. This is your time to shine. You, the drive. Okay. All right. I got a glass front now. Can you at least say I have a glass front? No, you have your glass front on your helmet, and that's it. You're- okay. I got my spider senses. Um. When uh, they yell at me, like, left, 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 baby, left. I'm going to go pull on the left rope. Sounds good. Sounds good. (laughs) That sounds about right. Now, you got to make sure all your arms, legs, hands. All of my arms? What do you mean? (laughs) Hands, legs. Freak, baby. I'm an octa, baby. You got to have all those in there, all right? (laughs) All right. They were at such risk of dangling out of there. All right. All the way from the front. Now, you got to drive the same way you steered your childhood sled. I know you're a baby, but you're in the womb sled. Um, My, what do you think <laughs> I was doing in the womb? Sledding? Yeah, you're sledding down the, the anyway, continuing. Right, right. You go, yeah, no, when you continue. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. Well, uh, what was you, I sledding down? The sides of the uterine wall. Uh-huh, sure. That's how you were okay. born. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the miracle of, of childbirth. <laughs> All right, so you sled, you got to steer using your ropes, all right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you're the first person to arrive at the venue because you need to learn the track, and you memorize it. You try and make sure you know the curves in and out. Uh. You feel them. You, you're one with the track. You know everything that's coming your way, and also know how long it is because vacs tr- uh, vary between 1,200 and 1,900 meters in length. So I, I, as a baby, show up alone at this track, walk the track slowly because I'm a baby, Everyone else shows up. No one sees the baby on the track. They send the first sled. You don't down. go on the track. Well, I'm a baby. I don't know any better. You I'm walk down. They say inspect the track. No, no. I slip and fall in. <laughs> and then I'm stuck in there. I'm like, how do I get out? I can't climb. What's that sound? <laughs> Left, right. Well, the good news is if you're in one of the banks, you'll be at the bottom side of the bank and they'll kind of go up on the walls so they'll avoid you. So I think after they hit me, I'm going to be all over the <laughs> bank, but whatever. All right, but you got to memorize between 12 and 21 turns. I'm a baby. <laughs> I can't memorize anything. Visualization is key tool for your piloting. You don't even gain consciousness until like two and a half years in. You got to walk the track every day with coaches and visualize every corner as if you're running down the track yourself. Why are you talking like that? Oh, God, me too. (laughs) You got to have your stockpile of footage and photos of every corner and every band on the track so that you know exactly what's going to be coming your way. Okay. (laughs) All right. And then you finish. Once you cross the finish line, then the brake man gets the act. He pulls the brake and ar- arms, hands, and legs stay inside the vehicle until you come to a complete stop. All right. So it's like a roller coaster. Exactly. All right. Then you climb out and celebrate a successful run. Woohoo! Yay! Now pick up your bobsled yeah, and get off my course. Oh, I have to take it off? Yep. Just you. You got to pick it up and get it off my course. You can see baby Mark leaning up against one of the hay bales at the bottom and just. Blah, blah. 
Act three. Act three. Get your skeleton on. Oh, no. All right, you got to build your skeleton. Baby Mark can't do no more, coach. Baby Mark's sick. You can do what I believe in you. You got a skeleton inside you so you can ride the skeleton slide. It's soft and supple. It ain't ready. <laughs> it's hard enough. All right. Anyway, restrictions. Weight sleds uh, must be less than 43 kilograms for men and less than 35 kilograms for women. Uh. But not only do you have to think about the weight of your sled, you have to think about your weight when you're building it. Ah, well, I this is where I've thought of this before. <laughs> hey, you know, hmm, I think I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> the combined weight of all equipment and the rider must be 100, under 115 kilograms or 253.5 pounds for men and under 92 kilograms or 202.8 pounds for women. Okay, all right. It's okay, though, because if you're below the max weight, you can attach the ballast mechanism to increase your weight and achieve the required thresholds. Okay. So it's going to be all barbells and dumbbells and plates slapped onto this skeleton to keep me heavy enough to go down. Got it. You're going to hold them. You're going to be curling. You're going to be, you know, strengthening your skeletal muscles as you go down. You're saying gonna a lot is a very confident statement to make, and I appreciate that. But also, baby. Yeah, so your sled can only be 80 to 120 <laughs> centimeters in length. The height can only be 80 to 20 centimeters in height, uh. which, by the way, length is 31.5 to 47.2 inches. Height, 3.1 to 7.9 inches. I'd like to think there are people listening to this podcast writing this frantically down because they're about <laughs> to rush out and build their own skeleton. I gotta know this is gonna be on the test. It's very important. It's very important. Very important. <laughs> the distance between the runners is 13.4 and 15 inches. 13. 14.4 and 15 inches. Or 340 and, thir th uh, and 380 millimeters. And 40 to 380 millimeters. Got it. Like bobsled, your frame must be steel, so get to mining and smithing. But why can't I just take the bobsled that I mined and smithed with That's my different. baby rattle smith hammer? Can I recycle it? Sure. Waste not want not. Okay, thank you. Give me a, give me a fucking saw. <laughs> Here's your metal saw. Yeah, you got a blowtorch and you put a tiny baby you gotta, like You got to just blow mask. at your own torch and make it f hotter and faster and better. That's not how it works. Well, it is coach. now. That's how it's going to work for you. I'm a coach. I teach sport, not teach you how to blacksmith. All right. All right. Now that you got your runners, your two long strips of stainless steel that sit on the bottom of the sled on either side of the sled. They're the only part of the sled that touches the ice. All right. Okay. If any other part of the sled touches the ice, you're fired. Uh-oh. I can't drop a barbell when I'm curling exactly. in mid-run. Yep. Okay. How do I curl when I'm face down? Uh, reversed. <laughs> I'm doing. I'm doing tricep extensions. Yeah, that's that's how you do it. You, oh no! Each runner is mounted on the sled and can be bowed to increase the total area that touches the ice or decrease. I mean, this helps the athlete to steer the sled by bowing the runner. The athlete can make the sled easier or harder to steer depending on ice conditions. So make sure you know what ice you're going to be on so you can shape the proper skeleton sled for that. I didn't know there were different types of ice. Yep. They cost approximately 500 pounds and athletes have to have may have as many as six pairs of runners to suit different ice conditions. So your sled can interchange the runners. Are you going to tell me, is this like, you know, you know, that cartoon pirates of the black water or whatever it was of the dark water. Uh, -huh. uh is that like, is that what black ice is? Uh, is there different types of ice? Ice can be harder. It can be softer. It can be depending on temperatures oh, and okay. circumstances, that kind okay. of, ice. I thought I was going to get like other elements of ice down there. I mean, Ooh. there there are other elements of frozen ice, but you know, you know, you know, it's funny. You know, it's funny. Hmm? Like a metal bar is the ice equivalent of iron. If you think about, because it's a solid form. So, like a steel cube is like a uh, ice steel. We don't talk about chemistry in this lab. All right, okay. <laughs> you you are correct though that that it's fascinating to think about how the solid versions of other minerals and materials and elements are also similar to the solid elements of uh, water and ice. It's pretty cool, right? Yeah. Yeah. Chemistry's fun. The knife. Oh, what the knife? Yes. <laughs> Put it down to my baby, please. I want to live. <laughs> it's the sharpest bit of the runner. 
designed to dig uh. the runner and ultimately the sled into the ice so that the rider gets maximum grip. Okay. Each sled has two steel runners with cut-in knives on the bottom half of each. Mm-hmm. Now you got your base plate. This is what you lay on. This is what you run and jump on. Why are you yelling at me? Because I'm trying to teach you, and you, everyone knows yelling louder and harder makes people learn faster. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's true. We said it here, therefore it must be true. <laughs> so this is usually made of carbon fiber because it's incredibly light and designed so that the wind flow is pushed under the sled, making it more aerodynamic so that it avoids so running over your body. So I can fly through the sky like a bird. Yep. Oh, God, no, that was a joke. <laughs> All right, now you got your saddle. There's a saddle on your sled. There's a saddle, but I'm laying on my belly. Exactly. That's where your hips and torso go. It's located between the handles that are used for the starting run. This area holds the rider in place as they descend the course, reaching speeds up to 140 kilometers per hour, and you must hold on tight. <laughs> this makes it... Well, yeah, you must hold on tight. What if you... I don't know. I'm thinking of not holding on tight. 140 kilometers per hour? Yep. The reason this exists is so that you don't roll off the sides of the sled when you are going up the walls. Good. Can't they just strap me down? I mean, I'm going to be weighed down by all the plates, so I guess I'll be all right. If I can hold the tricep extension <laughs> and do a Superman mid, like, like mid-run as a baby, I think I'll be fine. Yeah, I think you will be fine. I believe in you. Okay, thanks, coach. Uh, since steering requires leaning and shifting body weight, this Why helps- are you carving a tiny baby grave, coach? That's fine. It's, uh, it's, you know, I like to be prepared. It's got my name on it. Exactly. We're prepared. For what? The knives. Do what? <laughs> anyway, since steering requires leaning and shifting body weight, the saddle helps keep you centered and allows easier shifting for turns. Okay. Because then you can kind of lean against the sides. The saddle is made of steel and covered with specialist Tessa adhesive tape bolted to the frame. The, t- the tape remains adhesive even at really low temperatures, and it protects the rider from the sharp steel on the sled and helps to hold them securely in place. So they taped the baby down? It's The tape, the adhesive slide it, side is on the... the maybe it's double-sided? They taped the baby down. No, right, let's get into the next part. Um, Bumpers. Bumpers? <laughs> yep. Bumpers? There are bumpers, bumpers on your skeleton sled. They're little uh, loops of metal that stick out, and uh, they're used to protect the sled's body and athlete uh, if they hit the walls in the track. They're just you know little little bumpers on each corner of the sled, just in case. Okay, what are the what's the statistical occurrence of uh, the runners hitting the walls? I don't have that data. Um, it's uh, you know that's why you get you get good. You get good. Yep. I've never done this. Yeah. So get good quick. Okay. Because hitting a concrete wall covered in ice at high speed is very painful. I I would have assumed, but you know, I'm just a baby. What do I know? Yep. So when you lay on your sled, it's basically got a little U you in the front with two things for where your shoulders will be. Uh-huh. You got your handles on each side that run. They're about the middle third of the sled. Uh-huh. And you you lay down with your hips at the back end of those handles and your uh, armpits basically tuck into the front side of those handles with your arms on the outside laying forward and you arch your head up and you're basically your entire legs below your knees. You got to hold up uh, and keep them from touching the ice. Yeah. You know, baby's really known for their neck strength. Yep. So you're planking. All right. I'm planking. Now grab your gear. What gear? Is it the same gear as the bobsled? Pretty much exactly the same. Thank goodness. Okay. The only difference is your your bodysuit is the same, but your helmet. It's very important. It's a little more durable and strong because, you know, you're going head first, but it also has to be light enough so it's not too heavy when you hit the corners at 5G speeds. Otherwise, you know, they cover your chin, but your chin's going to hit the ice sometimes, just so you know. It's just gonna? Yep. The helmet covers the face and the chin because the athlete's head will often touch the ice on turns with the G's, G-force. Why can't they not do that? Uh, you got to have a stronger neck. That's the only way to prevent it. All right, how long do I have to train my neck? Uh, Again, I am a baby. As long as it takes you to grab the rest of this equipment, because your helmet has a Perspect visor, which comes in a variety of colors to suit the lighting conditions of the track, so you can change those out. Oh, good. I can look cool as I'm rounding the corner in 5Gs. Yep, you have two to three different visors that you can select the best one based on the conditions, and uh, you'll have a spare visor just in case one of them cracks, you know, because ice and stuff. Because my head is going to hit the ice, and that's a normal thing. Yep. It's okay, because your helmets must abide by the ECE dot or OKM safety standards 
Um, and uh, you must have a face helmet uh, during race runs and even training heats. Oh. You have gloves. Oh, yay. Yay. you didn't have gloves They're in bobsled. They're just warm gloves. There's hey. no spikes on them. Nothing special. Oh, uh, frick. Okay. They're basically just Lycra. But your shoes are the same as bobsled. 400 needles. Yep. Just spike light, mostly in the front ball of your foot so that you can uh, dig into the ice when you run. Because you, Skeleton has a running start because you run, push the sled, and then dive on it. That's how it works. Okay. But the rules of these spikes, the diameter of spikes must not be greater than 1.5 millimeters. The length of spike must not exceed 5 millimeters. And each shoe must have a minimum of 250 spikes. Uh, oh, you already uh, found a course because there's only 17 in the world and we're at one. Okay, good. Wow, that's convenient. All right. Sure would have hated to have a break in between these events while I'm nice and warmed up. Yep. Now it's time to race. Well, at least I know the course, I think. Actually, I don't because I was blind during the bobsled, but okay, I don't know the course. Yep. Good luck. Uh, am I going now? Is yep. this happening? We're starting. Okay. This is arguably the most important part of the race, just like the bobsled. Acceleration of speed is key where you rely on your shoe spikes to dig into the ice as you run and move fast. So you need pace, power, and skill to get the sled moving as possible and keep it moving in a straight line. I imagine that the arguable part is the uh, not dying might arguably be a more important part. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Good news is there's little grooves that are at the starting block that help keep your sled straight so it's not just you being like, oh, all over the place as you run. Okay. But competition is usually so strong that a tenth of a second can determine the fastest time. So no pressure. Uh, Well, yeah, there wasn't any pressure before. So, yeah, don't worry when about it. When that light turns green that you see up there, uh, you must uh. position your sled into one of two grooves on the track. These are called the spurs. Whoa. These are the spurs Whoa. that guide your sled in the straight line so that you don't end up tripping over yourself and cutting yourself on the knives on the bottom of your sled. Oh, because, yeah, I was worried about that. I went under the bobsled a few times. I took a beating, but my helmet took most of it. I don't know if it's knife-proof. Yep. 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 You don't say yep to that question. Yep, we you don't. You don't just go yep. Yep, we don't uh, We don't knife test helmets. Great. All right, so now you need to position yourself with one hand on the sled. You can either choose with your right hand or your left hand and get in an athletic starting stance because you're getting ready to sprint. It's like a sprinter's block. Yeah. You're getting ready to go. Yeah. Make sure you dig you dig your, your spikes in the ice so you have a, a firm starting plant, and then you go. So, All right. When you start in the sprinter's position, you start to push the sled as fast as you can over 65 meters, by end of which you have to be on your sled at the end of 65 meters. It's the same your as aim a bobsled. Yeah. Your, your aim is to push the sled as fast as you can over the first 20 or 30 meters before leaping onto the board. <sighs> but funnily enough... This is uh, called flopping, where you run up to a sled and jump onto it to create additional momentum and improve ride speed. So flopping is very common Prove in skeleton. Improve what? Ride speed. Oh, okay, gotcha. I stumbled on that word, didn't I? It's all right. I'm about to stumble on this run right. and then go under the knives. Just like luge and bobsled, time doesn't start until you hit the 15-meter mark. Split time is given for the first 50 meters, which is the the from 15 meters to the end at 65 meters. And you must reach the time marker in Skeleton within 30 seconds or else you're disqualified. Wait, wait so you, there's a minimum speed? Yep, for Skeleton. Well, then you would think that that would just be like you go to the Olympics, you've made that minimum speed. Why would that even be there? Because you have multiple starts um, because it's scored just like luges. Or did we go over runs. Uh, You know what? I don't want to know. I, I just want to make it to the bottom. All right, time to drive. Once you're on the sled, you need to complete focus and have your reflexes ready to navigate each twist and turn at maximum speed and keep your chin from hitting the ah! ice. That's that's me because uh, um, I'm very dying. Yeah. It won't take long for you to hit top speed around up to 140 kilometers per hour, enough to experience the force of five Gs on some turns, which is why your chin will probably hit the ice. Okay. Your feet. And head hang over the edges of the sled. So um, your chin... Well, not by, mine. I'm baby. Uh, it my will. advantage. Your, you know, your sled's just probably I smaller. didn't build my sled tiny. I built it to spec. The specs, I wrote them all down, and I built it to spec. My baby body's all inside. Either way, your chin is just centimeters from the ice. My chin's inside. A helmet, yeah. All of it's inside. Anyway, on particular high-speed corners, it's very common for the chin to touch and scrape the ice, hence why you have the helmet that covers your chin. This, I feel like you've mentioned this point like 20 times, well, it's and very I feel important. like you're just reiterating it to scare me. Maybe, but the part I didn't tell you is this can obscure your vision um, while also slowing you down, so try your best to not have this happen, okay? Okay. Well, I did the whole bobsled blind, so I guess maybe Mark has an advantage here, too. <laughs> anyway, if you do have that happen, you have to feel your way through the corner until the G pressure is reduced and you're able to lift your chin. Great. 
So better to have fully studied and memorized. Speaking of which, how do you steer? Oh, you shift your body weight in each turn. So if you want to turn right. Massive body. I have to basically I got tricep extension. I put one arm down to shift the weight, and that'll <laughs> do more than me moving. So I just gotta alternate curls over and over again. <laughs> You'll get nice and strong. One, you know, if there's a lot of right turns, your right arm will get a little bit stronger than your left, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because after one run, it definitely will have an impact. Yep. So you use your knees and shoulders to put downward pressure on one of the corners of the sled. You can also reach out and use a toe tap, toe tap to, to kind of turn like a, a rudder works in the water. Ah, interesting. Um, and when traveling at high speeds, even just moving your head slightly in the one direction using the air flowing past you can help force the sled to move. Great. So you got to have those lightning fast reflexes to be in the best position when you enter and exit a turn and find the perfect line. I think my head's going to be flapping in the wind like a wind sock just <laughs> all right now when you finish you got no brakes none huh. interesting so to slow down you're gonna have to lift off the sled put your feet down on the ground allowing them to scrape the ice and uh gradually slow you over the course of the finish area right um remember how i said my advantage was that my body was inside i no, I think baby Mark is uh, going to define the term skeleton by hitting the far wall. Hey, I'm not sure. You know what? Track designers are smart and the finishing areas of all tracks are run up back uphill towards the starting position. So it allows some slowing via the gravitational pull. But you still want to use drag so that you can stop. Okay. And once you stop, then you can get fully off the the the, the sled and uh, pick it up and go on your way. Uh, Well, that's easy. But for winning, like I said, for both bobsled and skeleton, they are scored all the same way as luge. Four runs timed electronically to a hundredth of a second, two runs per day over the course of two days. And the winner is uh, the person with the lowest total time um, with all of the runs combined. Great. So that's me, um, for sure. Again, first time. This coach, uh, Coach Tyler, real, real go-getter, uh, puts me out there. But also, uh, I think I'm dead. Uh, I don't know. I still hear you talking. Mark? Uh-oh. Anyway, that concludes our uh, bobsledding and skeleton primer, so uh, hope you guys enjoyed listening to this episode. Uh, be sure and check out the uh, Reddit and post your jacuzzes in there, and make sure and check out the store at uh, store.gmfst.com. Um, uh, we'll see you next time on uh, Go My Favorite Sports Team. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you have a great time, and I uh, hope you enjoyed learning about skeleton bobsleds. So you guys have a, a great time. Um, all right. Uh, any last words, Mark? <laughs> all right. Bye.